Ah, oh, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember that noise? Do you remember these sounds? Oh, it feels so good. It feels so good. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be here in this tunage. Hello, the world of public enemies, Chuck D. Bring the noise. From the Fifth Home Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor, and this is What's Good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Man, it's good to be back on this team. See, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it is if, as if like I've been gone for <laughs> gone for ten weeks, <laughs> but in a sense it has, because like I've, you know, I've probably waxed about this, you know, uh, several times over the past few months or whatever, but, you know, the reason why I started this and the reason why I enjoyed doing this is because it gives me a reason uh, to learn, like, in real time, and, you know, it's that's something that <clears throat> not many people even try to do with any of their works, you know, it's like, um, you know, there's people that they go to write books, you know, from an academic perspective or just from an investigative perspective um, or even a meditative perspective. And in those things, sometimes you don't uh, you don't seek, you know, to learn um, to learn anything about yourself, so to speak. But you end up doing so. That happens for most people when they, you know, write something about a certain subject and you're just like, hmm. I didn't realize I'd be this passionate about this or something like that, you know what I mean? And, you know, in the past few, in the past, like, over, over nearly, how long has it been? <laughs> About one and a half years now doing this show. It's something that I, you know, have increasingly begun to realize that it's just like, it's not just a show about um, me talking about stuff that I feel like talking about. It's 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 a little bit more than that. It's, it's, you know, I'm talking about stuff I want to talk about, but... You know, as I look back at it as well, and the you know these particular episodes, I'm just like, I could have talked about something completely different, but I chose to talk about that. How interesting is it to myself that I talk about that? But that's just me. Regardless of that, I'm good. To be, it's good. It's good to be back doing this, and uh, yeah, I've got four decent topics: music, sports, life, film, TV. We're back in business, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of talking. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of talking as per usual. But formatting before we begin, we have the email, Twitter, IG, and Facebook as well, Discord links, all of everything, everything, everything is in the full show notes. Go clickety click that link. <sighs> Damn, it's good. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped to get this. I'm hyped to get started. All right. <laughs> I found the tune. Let's jump right in, let the beat drop. And let's get into the show. In a week where Trump hosts Coachella, <laughs> you guys see, you must see those videos of him like hosting the rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's just it's just funny because only like six thousand people turned up. They were like chatting about 
100,000 people turning up, and there's only 6,000. It's so funny of how, of how much of a failure that was. Um, and, well, also depressing as well, because most likely it was just a cesspool of people getting corona, but, you know, that's why you call it Coachella. But, I don't know, man, that shit has to, that shit has to be gone by November, trust me. Um, not Corona Trump, but, um, yeah, Corona's going to be here for the, until we have a vaccine, that's going to be a fact. Uh, three people die and another three suffer injuries after a mass stabbing terror attack in Reading. Lewis Hamilton starts a uh, commission with the Royal Academy of Engineering. Novak Djokovic tests positive for COVID-19 after months of COVID charity events and not staying inside. Djokovic is an idiot, right? I, it, I asked this question, um, I think I think on Twitter, right? I was just like, is it any high-profile athlete on the level of Novak Djokovic has been this stupid throughout the past few months. Now, somebody said to me, Rudy Gobert, um, who you know initially started, who, who was basically the uh, flashpoint for the NBA being uh, uh, postponed because he was like uh, rubbing his hands all over the mics and stuff like that, and you know, and then he got uh, diagnosed with the corona. You know, Rudy was trying to be a meme, like a lot of people were trying to be a meme. Ev- everyone was trying to do it. Everyone was memeing it. Uh, corona's coming, corona's coming, and then he actually got corona, like, the next, the next day or whatever, like, that's just memeing, this is several months in, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have died throughout the world, and Djokovic is still hosting events, being absolute tall, going to clubs and shit, like, having parties with people, what an absolute tool, absolute tool, I knew, I knew this thing about him, I've never, I've never rated him, I've never rated him for some reason, and I, I can never put my finger on it. La-di-da, he's an anti-vaccine tool. Who knew? I fucking called it. I, f- I felt in my gut. I was like, there's something wrong about this dude. And there we go, la-di-da. And uh, lastly, more than 300 black artists and executives call for Hollywood to invest more in black talent and stop glorify- glorifying police violence. I mean, the, f- the first bit is, um, you know, kind of a given, because... <laughs> Um, you know, Oscar's so white and all that stuff, like, we've been knowing that kind of stuff, but, you know, I think it's good that 300 people, uh, 300 black eyes, you know, you know, genuine names as well, you know, I think it was, like, Idris Elba, uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, blah, 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 uh, Violet Davis, Issa Rae, you know, just plenty of, uh, probably Ava DuVernay as well, like, pl- plenty, you know, notable names that you can, uh, you can throw off, um, in these, uh, particular, in these particular, uh, letters, and it was written by Kendrick Sampson, who, um, is a, uh, who, it stars in Insecure, but he recently uh, was part of the protest in LA and re- and actually got uh, basically battered with uh, I think nightsticks, um, like on like live, like you saw it, um, and he and he actually penned it. So um, you know, it's um, it's something that is a step in the right direction, and uh, you know, we can only we can only imagine um, where you know film's going to be. In the next, uh, in the next year, five years, whatever, not even just in what's going to be shown, but also what's just has even going to be done. I think I saw today, literally, The Apprentice has been uh, cancelled this year, so you know, there's that. That's that's dead. <laughs> I was literally thinking about it today. I was just like, is The Apprentice going to come through? Probably won't, will it? And then I, <laughs> I saw it like an hour later. <laughs> uh unbelievable. But anyway, let's start with. Right, so there's um there's a there's a there's a line I want to go down here. So um, let's start with the written piece first. It's the only written piece I'm gonna um, reference today. Uh, the the other three are kind of just things that I've I, I've gleaned in the past week and have a uh, solid opinion on. And actually, one's kind of uh, taking two things and uh, uh, slapping them together in some sense. Uh, but we'll start with this one. Um, this is a film and TV. Uh, 
This is an article uh, by the New Statesman, uh, by uh, David Olusoga, who recently, or not recently, I don't know if they're, re- if they're recently, you know, premiered, but um, I, I, he, he has several shows, so I'm, I'm, I get mixed up. But he recently did a, uh, he re- there was recently a show of his that he hosted um, about Windrush and the Windrush scandal um, on BBC Two, I think. Um, so if you want to hit up, hit up on a BBC iPlayer, just uh, type up his name, David uh, O-L-U-S-O-G-A, and uh, you should probably find it there, some a really good series, uh, mini-series on just like uh, the Windrush scandal, I think, oh, is it one mini-series? It may, be several, it may be a few episodes, like one, one, two, or three, but it may be just one big one. I'm not really sure. I forget. Um, but yeah, he, he's basically a historian and uh, has just an amazing knowledge on this kind of stuff and uh, is a real smart dude. So, um, But in terms of film and TV, he gets into this particular um, little op-ed uh, called uh, The Little Britain Affair is a reminder of the UK's long and toxic love affair with blacking up. Now, I'm going to read this and uh you know it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be is what it is kind of thing i'm gonna go off it just a little bit i'm just gonna use it as a jumping off point for something else i want to talk about in terms of the i'll probably want to zoom out in terms of how uh tv is being responded to in this fashion obviously obviously a lot of shows have been um you know in light of uh you know black lives matter and stuff like that um some some episodes of some shows have been you know cut off or whatever for you know uh, just generic that shit's racist reasons and people have been in uproar about it but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that and uh, obviously it's um, covered in this uh, particular article as well so let's jump in piled up in the archives of british broadcasters are boxes of tapes and canisters of film that contain television shows that will never be broadcast again most will probably only ever be viewed by academics and students Newly added to that library of toxic TV are characters and sketches from comedy shows that, until only a few days ago, were being streamed on the major platforms. Among them is Little Britain, one of the most successful comedies of the noughties, but now dropped from both Netflix and BBC iPlayer. The decision was made in light of the global Black Lives Matter protest, because among the show's characters, created by Matt Lucas and David Williams, were some that were performed blacked up. How was it that little more than a decade ago, British comedians create characters that are now regarded as, as intolerably inf- offensive and that have already been placed alongside those created in the 1960s and 1970s, the area of Love Thy, Love Thy Neighbour and Alf Garnet in the dustbin of TV history? The buzzword within television commissioning in the years when Little Britain was invented was quote-unquote edgy. Shows had to be pushed towards the edge of what was acceptable and into the shady danger zone between subversive and offensive. Comedy all too often became quote-unquote edgy by punching down. Middle-class comedians create working-class grotesques, exaggerated avatars of the scroungers and benefit cheats so vivid in the imaginations of the more red-faced on top of the red-top opinion writers. Crossing that line perhaps made it easier to cross another and engage in racial impersonation. Blame here lies not just with the comedians who long before the current scandal had distanced themselves from the more disturbing of their creations, but also with producers and commissioners. It is worth wondering if this could have been a, uh, if this could have happened had there been more black people in senior positions in British television. We'll talk about that. In a culture that was largely monotone, had blacking up come to be regarded as a mere taboo, the, th- the true depths of its toxicity and the long and ugly history behind it, not really understood. Blackface is the most visible legacy of, largely, of, a, of a largely invisible history. 
It is socially unacceptable, but for reasons... Well, pause on that. Netherlands. Carry on. Uh, But for reasons most people only vaguely understand. Hardly a month goes by without a photograph emerging from the past of some politician or public figure in which they appear in blackface. This is a reflection of the fact that from the 1830s right through to the latter half of the 20th century, blackface and the minstrel traditions that uh, were among the most widespread forms of popular entertainment. Their roots run deep. Little Britain now finds itself among literally millions of cultural artifacts that have been rendered poisonous by their links to, hist- to this history. In other archives over in the US lie hundreds of Hollywood films, much of the early work of the US first cartoon animators and thousands of songs, all of them damned by association. Blackface is not merely a reflection of American racism, but was itself one of the great engines of that racism. It was racism made literally into an art form. It lampooned black people, both their bodies and their minds, and was used actively to reinforce their oppression, creating racial stereotypes and tropes that are still with us today. What has been utterly forgotten in Britain is that from the outset, the the blackface mineral show was a transatlantic phenomenon, the first form of global Americana. It It was as popular in Britain as in the US. An incredibly blackface minstrelsy lingered on in British popular culture uh, longer than it did in the US, largely because of one television programme. The black and white minstrel show turned television into the host species (laughs) allowed blackface to make the leap from the fading age of the concert halls and to infect modern popular culture. When I tell African-American colleagues that I have have childhood memories of catching glimpses of blackface minstrels on primetime TV, brackets, they were mere glimpses, because my mother pleased our viewing to prevent her, uh, mixed-race children being exposed to such poison on brackets, they struggled to believe me. They googled the show on their phones, and my Google just came up <laughs> on their phones, and I, and I watched as they become open-mouthed at the search results. The show survived until 1978, largely because of its huge popularity. At its peak in the early six, 1960s, and it's their 1690s then, uh, it drew audiences of around 20 million. Shit! 20 million, that's crazy. When, in 1967, the campaign against racial discrimination gathered a petition calling for it to be axed, the BBC's management board concluded, somehow, that, quote, the programme was not racially offensive, unquote, and took no action. When the corporation's chief accountant, Barry Thorne, warned colleagues that no American broadcaster would tolerate such a show, his complaints were rebuffed in a letter by a chief assistant, Oliver Whitley, who wrote, quote, the best advice that could be given to coloured people by their friends would be, on this issue, we can see your point, but in your own interests, for heaven's sake, shut up. Unquote. Whitley's letter, written 53 years ago, speaks of a mindset that has re-emerged around the Little Britain affair and the Black Lives Matter movement. It is an attitude that perhaps never went away, the view that black people in Britain should be passive citizens sitting at the back, not making a fuss, and hoping that eventually change will come and disc- discrimination will decline. Asking white comedians to learn about the poisonous history of, of blackface and not engage in racial impersonation, impersonation uh, just like asking for statues that venerate uh, slave traders to be removed from public display, is deemed to be crossing a line. When black people make such demands, then as now, it is claimed that the group responsible for any rise of racism are black people themselves. So that's very interesting, especially the black and white minstrel show, which obviously was before my time. Um, I'd like to ask my mum about that, honestly, in, in terms of just if she 
you know, fucked with it in any fashion because um, you know, just newsflash, my mum's white. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've obviously never asked her, have you seen the Black and White Ministry show? I genuinely might ask, honestly, because um, I was unaware of that. <clears throat> I was unaware of that particular show itself and that existing. God, school really, um, really hid that from me. Um, but my thing is, is this, right? Because um, I also saw a... Uh, there was an, there was another piece that I easily could have used for this particular uh, particular topic um, by the goat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think he wrote via the Hollywood Reporter, and he talked about uh, it was referencing Gone with the Wind, which has also been um, kind of uh, axed from a certain streaming platform, and you know never to be shown again, kind of thing. You know, um, in the same way as Little Britain, right? Kareem's um, I think uh, idea for that kind of thing was to put a label at the start of it just put a big ass label or a big ass disclaim- disclaimer um plant it on the freaking uh the the synopsis of the sh- of the film or the show you know when you know when you see a sh- you know when you, you know you're on netflix you click a show and there's that little uh, little log line just put it in bold letters right there just saying this contains discriminatory you know or just derogatory whatever like stuff like that right I'm I'm for that because in the same way as um in it's it's good that David referenced the statues right because the argument with that is that we're you know um and I say we as people that want the statues gone we are you know um hiding history we we're, we're hiding it right no that's not the point my personal thing and, you know, this could be the thought of many, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to stick it to me for this one. My thing is that if you're going to remove the statues, which is good, fuck these statues, right? Tear the all tear all these fucking statues down, right? Including Churchill. Go fuck yourself. I said it, right? Tear these statues down. But in the same way that I keep talking about having uh, black history, UK black history in education, also have that. If you want to know about the slave traders, I would, I'll be glad, I'll be, I would happily, if I was education, I would happily put a little, you know, uh, unit or whatever, curric- put in the curriculum in some fashion that, you know, people like Colston, you know, the one in Bristol, they existed. I would acknowledge their existence because we, in the point of all this, and it's the same with, you know, stuff like Little Britain, right? I would, I would have it, right? I'd have it on, I'd not like on you know, um, you know, sh- shown on BBC One anymore because no, but you know, throw on iPlayer if you want. Sure, why not? Fuck it, right? If you want to have it on iPlayer, have it on iPlayer. If you want to have it on uh, the other one, I forgot, forgot it was even the other one even was. Like if, if you want to have it on a streaming site, go ahead, but put a disclaimer on every episode at every moment, every moment, just to nail home the fact that this is not it anymore, okay, if you have that, I'm fine with it, I, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was, I grew up in the, you know, Little Britain, um, uh, popularity bubble, um, you know, all my friends rated it, um, all my friends, I don't even know if, uh, I don't know of any friends that, you know, were bitching, bitching and moaning about a Little Britain, uh, being, you know, taken wiped from memory so to speak uh, from bbc iPlayer. i don't really i don't really uh, ask him that to be honest I don't really care but um 
you know, and it's the same with the 40 Towers. Like, even in that, right, there was an episode that they literally, I think it was one episode that they dropped, something like that. Maybe there was a, a several, I don't know. But the question is, do you care that much? And it's the same with these statues. Do you care that much? So who's watching Little Britain in 2020? Let's be real. Who's watching it? Do you care that much? And if you do, fine. No worries, right? My thing is, I'm, f- I'm, I, I don't, I personally don't care if they're wiped from memory or not, because I personally remember. And to be honest, I'm not going to teach my kids about Little Britain. <laughs> you know, with the statues, that will be a, a you know, genuine topic of conversation I might bring up with future children. I would definitely do that because that's you know, genuine part of history. I don't think Little Britain's that. Uh, uh, pertinent to uh, future history uh, teaching, maybe the Black and White Minstrel Show, maybe the concept of Minstrel shows. yeah, for sure, because um, I think there was a there was an essay, I think, done by Wesley Morris, I think, um, via the 1619 Project, like, he wrote about uh, Minstrel Shows, and it's worthy information, it's worthy information, because that's how the, enter- that's how entertainment was, you know, before TV, it was Minstrel Shows, the majority of it was Minstrel Shows, um, so that's, I think, worth uh, explaining. And, you know, by that fact, I would guess I might as well say that, you know, something like Little Britain is worth showing. But I'm not really complaining, because that's just me personally. But as a whole, I feel like, um, have it on. Have it on BBC Player if you want, but just throw a disclaimer on it. Throw a heavy, heavy, heavy disclaimer on it. That this shit ain't it anymore. <laughs> put it in more of a PC way of saying it, but just say it, just say the shame it anymore, it's fine, people are smart enough to, you know, give it a watch, and, you know, if it's problematic, it's problematic, I watched a Charlie Sheen episode of Two and a Half Men the other day, and I laughed, I laughed, it's problematic, but I laughed, it's problematic, but I laughed, alright, this is what it is, it is what it is, it's not, I'm not gonna, I'm personally smart enough not to let two and a half men infect my uh, opinions on women. It's not going to be like that, okay? And I don't think, uh, and I hope, maybe I'm being a bit too, um, you know, confident in people these days, but I hope that people can watch Little Britain, have a laugh, but see black people as actual humans. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being too, too confident on you guys, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am doing that. But I feel like it's not worth just erasing from history and saying it didn't exist. Show it all, all you like. But just have a fat disclaimer on it. Little Britain. This shit ain't it anymore. So we hop into uh, music, and um, this is a kind of two-pronged approach, all coming down to one major, uh, I guess, um, talking point that I wanted to get to in some fashion. Uh, The overall point for me in this particular uh, segment is to display that um, we need to listen to women more, um, especially in context of uh, you know being peers 
in their in their particular uh, uh, either workspace or in this case the arts, um, and more specifically black women, because I feel like there's um, in these particular cases and you know they're completely different cases. So just want to you know throw the heavy disclaimer on that they're they're completely different cases, and the men that are part of this conversation, one one is did something you know horrible and one did something incredibly tone deaf okay i just want to display that there are levels to this and i will display those levels as we go about but i'm just gonna say that the the one man is horrible one man is completely tone deaf and shouldn't have done it um and, and should have just you know should have just been advised not to even do it um but it wasn't illegal in some fashion as the other one you know was anyway so I'm gonna start with the J Cole no name one. So if you guys don't know, J Cole rapper, um, record head, uh, record, uh, record uh, label heads, you know, executive, um, host, uh, Dreamville, you know, all that stuff, right? We know J Cole, and uh, No Name, who's also a rapper, lyricist. Um, she hosts a uh, a book club. She has a she has a book club that she does, and it's kind of going international. There's actually one chapter in London apparently, and several in, in several cities in the US. And, um, you know, for a little background on just no, who name, No Name is, because I think it's important in this case, um, you know, she she's an incredibly talented, like, lyricist. Like, go listen to her music, her bars are just absolutely out of this world. It's crazy how, you know, and her flow is absolutely stupid, right? So, about a year or so ago, um, she made some tweets about capitalism and just the concept of capitalism, and people were checking her on it. Um, so, she did the, you know, the the... The smart thing, I'd say, and, uh, you know, educated herself. Because from what I'm guessing, she wasn't educated on the facts. And uh, she made statements that weren't educated. So she decided to educate herself on those things. Um, she is now, well, quite, she, she references herself as radicalized. And, um, you know, um, um, if you want a, if you want a, a kind of a, a what's the word, um, uh, a taste of uh, what her opinions on these and, and on what's going on are and just uh, you know in terms of capitalism and uh, stuff like that uh, go watch the talk that she had with uh, Boots Riley um, just type in no name Boots Riley it should be there it's like an hour and a half um, a little live stream and uh, just give that a watch because um, she really just goes in on you know everything that she feels um, as it pertains to art, as it pertains to white audiences, which um, I talked about um, a while back. Uh, I think it was an episode called, where it had white audiences in the title. Um, yeah, so I've referenced her before in the show. And um, if you follow, if you follow hip hop, if you don't follow hip hop, I'll just explain a little bit. Um, J Cole dropped a song called "Snow on the Bluff," and uh, basically the majority of the song was about No Name. And um, it was incredibly tone deaf um, in the fact that of all the things, and this is my thing, uh, there's a lot of things you can take away from that particular song um, in terms of shitting on J. Cole. Um, but my main thing is that of all the things, of all the things going on in the world right now, right, and um, and he hasn't written a, you know, he hasn't dropped a single in a minute, right, it's been a while, right. So, of all the things that you decide to make a single on, and drop a single on, at this time of the, at this time in our, you know, uh, in this in this vacuum, right? 
you want to talk about no name. I I I see that as an incredibly uh, just odd thing, and uh, and I and as I said at the start in disclaimer, incredibly tone deaf. Um, you could, but some people have gone you know a little bit extra and called him misogynist. It, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I would say it's incredibly tone deaf and you know in some ways indicative on how um, men, and in this particular case how black men. Um, see women sometimes. Now, I'm sure, you know, J. Cole respects, you know, no name, and he did say in tweets he respects no name. Um, but I'm sorry, if you're dropping a song of that fashion, and you're, and you're saying all this, you know, he did that thing that people do where they, you know, they say positives upon positives, they heap on positives, and then they basically go, but, and then just shit on it all. You know, that's basically what the song was. It's like, oh, this, 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 this woman's a queen. I read her tweets. It's amazing. And he's like, but could you be nicer about it? You know, I mean, it's just like, my guy, just ain't it. Ain't it right now. That's not even the conversation we should be having right now. And my particular thing about all of that was the fact that he dropped that song and he has a million, million people amount of following, right? He has a following in the millions, right? The tens of millions, right? And some of those are white kids. Now, you know, this is um this is a conversation for another day, but I have a thing about, you know, the just the concept of white kids, white audiences, and how these black artists just, you know, portray the um portray the basic, you know, black stereotypes and they just don't see the fact that their white fans just feed off that shit and think you know, that shit is, you know, incredibly positive in some sense, and in the greatest, in the bigger scheme of things, it's not, and in this scheme of things, it's not, because it ended up causing a two-day uh, rave on on social media between J. Cole's stands, um, you know, going to all of us, oh, the bars went over your head like we're fucking idiots or some shit, but it was also, uh, you know, just men attacking women and vice versa, and it was just toxic, it just created, it, it, it sent us back into the music cesspool that we constantly see, and it's bollocks. We need to get past that uh, argument. And the second part of this, um, which I'll hop into quickly, um, is uh, Ray Black and Ambush Buzzwell. Um, so Ray Black is um, an artist um, here in the UK, grey eyes, really love her music, um, and very confident um, just as a black woman, she's a very confident woman, just from how you, from, from how she portrays herself on social media, she comes across as a very confident person, self, you know, very self-validating person, I highly respect that, um, Ambush Buzzwell is a, another artist, he's a rapper, um, hailing from North London, and, uh, recently dropped an album as well, um, and, uh, you know, is what it is on that front, he's, 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 a, he's a good artist, um, for what it is, right, but, um, Ray Black came through on social media um, saying that um, uh, I'm going to give, um, you know, Ambush, and she tagged him, gonna give, I'm going to give Ambush um, a day to apologise for what he did. Um, you know, very um, obscure from what she talked about. Like, what did what did Ambush do? What did Ambush do? Um, and then she, I think the next day, posted a uh, lengthy, um, uh, several-page uh, notes account on what he did, and, um, you know, just for the sake of time, um, they were at an event, and, uh, it's the second time they, you know, actually 
uh, met face to face, um, according to Ray Black, and um, he grabbed her breast, um, just you know, out of nowhere in some fashion, and um, and uh, she actually instead went the extra mile instead of just posting that and leaving you know people at a frenzy. Um, she actually went one step further and screen recorded the voice message um, uh, back and forth that they had where he apologised and she accepted the apology but then Ambush went instead of I guess a form of gaslighting and just continued like saying but why are you you trying to out me like this for kind of things basically just shitting on the apology that he already made he could have just left it there but he didn't he just kept going on and on and on um so it was very fascinating looking at that and then her um you know response to everyone's you know um support of her um in in a couple days after that and um you know she basically you know said things that you know we've probably well i have heard before but maybe you guys haven't um depending on who you are um, of a woman that was, you know, low-key afraid to say these things. Because when a woman makes these claims, and, you know, this is statistically backed up in, you know, the uh, in the um, corporate world um, and just in the, you know, general workspace environment um, of how women make claims of sexual harassment or, or something of that nature... Um, and, or just general distress in some fashion, and it never, and it rarely gets sorted, you know, rarely, it rarely gets sorted, um, there are many, there are many cases you can reference, um, one that literally came to mind was, um, uh, Anita Hill and, uh, Clarence Thomas, um, go look that up, um, there's actually a great, um, one, one episode, uh, 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 what's it called, like a, just, just show, I guess, um, I think it's called Confirmation, and um, it's basically all about that. It's a TV movie. There you go. It's basically a TV movie. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, go look that up. That's a that's basically what is happening here in a you know in, well in a smaller sense because obviously that was to do with the Supreme Court. Um, but you know it's 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 the same. It's in the same vein. Now, my whole the whole thing I want to get into about this is the fact that. The conversation here I like to put forward is the fact that black women especially are um, sometimes the most vocal, right? But regardless of that, being vocal are sometimes just either pushed to the side or um, or just or, or their voice just falls on deaf ears. Um, I feel like in these two cases have been... Uh, they have been reasonably successful, but even with that said, um, we shall see how that goes. Um, and I can reference another one, uh, another recent one, Megan Fox, um, who made, uh, I think, made statements about Michael Bay and Steven Spielberg, and um, you know those particular things were going around for years. Um, you know, just the fact that Megan Fox was underage when she did Transformers, um, I think. Um, or when she auditioned for it anyway, um, you know, it went back till then. And when was Transformers dropped? Like over 10 years ago. So, you know, it's been a minute. Um, that particular one has been around for a while, but for some reason it's coming to a head now. 
and that is depressing because that's something um, uh, that that it has been a decade in the making and should have been nipped in the bud there and then. Um, but even with that said, there's a thing that you can say in terms of how we're trying to develop as a society. Um, someone said to me, uh, I think it was maybe an Elliot, shout to Elliot on uh, Central Source, um, he said that uh, if No Name made the um, transgender um, uh, comments that she made um, on the Boots Riley and t- and No Name uh, live stream, please go watch it. Honestly, it's very enlightening, especially in the last half because uh, she gets into a re- she gets into a bag about um, trans deaths and uh, how black men uh, see that um, and how they see transgender people, and it's uh, very enlightening um, in terms of how she talks about it. It's very eloquent. Um, Elliot said that if she made those comments like five years, maybe even, and I'll, and I'll go a little bit further, maybe two years, you know, two years ago, if she made those comments, it would either fall on deaf ears or she'll be chastised for it. So at least in this case, um, people are just, I guess, maybe just going generally silent about it, but I'm probably getting a little bit off topic. But the point I wanted to make out of these two particular stories is that, um, Men and black men especially need to do better. Um, uh, it's 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 just something that I've been thinking about in the past week, and especially with these two things, um, especially with these two stories. And I, like I said, J Cole is not on the level of ambush in this in this aspect. J Cole just dropped a fucking stupid ass track that um, sent our discourse back basically a year, and uh, was just highly unnecessary. He could have like you know just given no name a phone call for fuck's sake and they and they would have had a completely productive discussion and that would have been it um but no just decides to drop a track because why the fuck not um so yeah even though the men in this case are completely different and ambush needs to um you know just check himself to be honest like that's just um the the the, the shit he was going on about was just basically garbage um but but yeah, overall, just um, black women need to be listened to more, um, especially in the, especially in this case where they are equal on equal footing with the pit with the men they're talking to. You know, obviously J Cole, you know, from a popularity sense, is more popular than uh, uh, the No Name, yeah. But they're artists first, right? They're artists, right? And they are peers in that in that vein, right? Um, doesn't matter how many records they sell, they're, they're both on the equal, pl- equal footing, okay, um, and it's the same with Ray Back and Ambush, like, this is an advantage taken here, I feel, and it needs to be stomped out, to be honest, now, um, like I said, you know, the fact that Ray, uh, No Name can talk about, you know, transgender deaths, um, in, in this climate, and be listened to, is a step in the right direction, and it shows a step in the right direction, but, um, this this shit like uh, like you know like with the J Cole track when it dropped, this shit can easily easily from a drop of a track can easily just be sent back into the cesspool that has always that has been for the past few years in terms of um, in this case in terms of a hip hop conversation, but um, it just needs to be smarter about it and uh, you know needs to just be. Um, Open your ears more. Two ears, one mouth. (laughs) 
do the math on that. <laughs> it really is a do the math session on that one. So we're helping to uh, sports and um, I wanted to talk about the NBA as a whole because um, obviously it's coming back um, and I don't know how to feel about it. Um, you know, in one way I'm happy about it, but in one way I'm just, uh, just, a, I just feel like there's a, a, I just feel like a wet blanket towards it all. Um, the only reason, and I'll, and I'll probably, I'll say my reasons for out, um, for for and against. Um, don't count how many for and against, please, because I, I don't know how many I'm going to get to. But um, um, so for those that don't know, just to recap, um, they obviously because of Corona, it's been a, you know, the NBA hasn't been it's been out of action for the past um, uh, for the past few months, like every other sport. Oh, excuse me, yawn, and. Um, it's coming back in the next few weeks, and it's going to go on from uh, the end of, I, th- I think, uh, uh, is it the end of June or July? Uh, something like that. Um, from July to, I think, September or October, something like that, something of that nature. So a few months, right, um, to determine the rest of the season. And it's going to be all done in uh, Disney World, Orlando, um, in a quote-unquote bubble, uh, where all the players that are participating are going to be there. Um, they're just gonna be there for all the months and uh, basically just hold themselves up, play the games, and Bob's your uncle. Now, now, I just want to say this is coming from a person that has you know done the done some reading, but hasn't been you know an NBA official. They have been uh, you know working hard, working months long uh, on the daily grind, trying to get this shit sorted, right? I'm not on their level, clearly, in terms of what they, in terms of what I know and what they know, it's a, it's a mountain, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big bridge, big, big, big bridge, <laughs> it's, a, it's the Atlantic Ocean, right, it's, it's very large, right, so I just wanted to disclaim that, but I'm just going to guess back, why not, um, so I feel like this is something that is going to be a slippery slope. And I feel like a lot of other sports leagues will be watching. Now, obviously, the Premier League and uh, most uh, football, I think the top five football leagues in Europe have uh, continued, um, are, are continuing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going OK, I guess, in terms of uh, I like to judge success in how many COVID uh, <laughs> um, uh, 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 diagnoses have you got? Have you gotten? Um, if there's none, then it's fine. I can't complain, right? There's nothing to complain about in that fashion. If if nobody's getting corona, then by all means, um, you know, obviously F1 is going to be starting back up in uh, in a couple of weeks as well, so I'm happy about that as well. But also, I have to ask for every sports league, for everything that is non-essential, because let's be real, it's non-essential, um, and that's the thing I like to drive home throughout all of this. In the in the biggest theme, is this all non-essential? Will your people get corona off this? That's it, right? Now, um, shout out to my boy S actually, because he he's been he's been um, consistently tweeting that uh, the NBA should be cancelled. Um, and you know he's a big NBA fan. Like he, you know, he has his own pods. He does his own interviews. Um, he does all that stuff. Right, he's about that life. Right. So for him to say that, um, from from how I know him, is um, you know a, a monumental decision. I um, mean, his in his personal case, right. Um, he made a point um, in asking that um, 
what are the long-term effects of corona as a sports star you know like does it does it will it cut down your years from doing this if you catch corona does it cut down your years from a you know from a health perspective i feel like that's a question that generally needs to be asked um and i don't think i've heard anybody ask apart from this so shout out to us on that front um but it's a genuine question um and even in this bubble uh obviously in the past few days in the past few weeks um, florida has reopened and uh, their their cases of skyrocketed so you're telling me that the bubble will suffice in this fashion no i don't i, I can't imagine it will and this is several months by the way it's not a couple of weeks this is several months it's going to be several months long and the thing i always have in my mind when it comes to that and the fact that it's several months long is asking how many people how many players and personnel will it take for the nba to call this whole thing off does it have to be what's the percentage 10 20 30 50 70 like what's what's the percentage what what is the number of people that get corona for you to call this off what if a whole team gets corona what happens then and what if a whole team gets corona in finals you know what i mean it's it's the whole thing is just the whole thing is built on built on a on a on a on a shadowed foundation um and that foundation is um you know the economy right right they need to make money this is they're trying to recoup their losses and stop the bleeding this is the reason why right this is this is the obvious reason why all the leagues are starting again and why they're all going to go forward with this right if money wasn't an object they wouldn't be doing this let's be real they are putting health second to money first but in this case i'm fine with it because players earn 50% of the revenue and that's how it should be right well probably should be more it should be way more but you know that's that's the highest uh, i think in most sports right it's, it's definitely the highest right um so in terms of the players who are very powerful in the nba and um, they they their name their words hold weight as a collective um the fact that most of them are going through it says something and um you know it's it's they they sign their own waiver so to speak and you know in that case i understand and if they want to help the nba as a whole in stop the bleeding then fine i get it um there's also another side of this obviously in terms of uh, of what's going on in the us right now politically and culturally and societally um some players have have, have uh, dipped out of that basically have dipped out of uh participating in this because of that um avery bradley is a, is one is one name that um comes to mind and for that i respect them for it i respect i respect the decision regardless right this this is you know something i have to i feel like i have to say i respect their opinion on all sides um my thing is i just don't know i just don't know how this can go positively <laughs> um i've i feel like it's just going to be uh you know from a corona perspective kind of a, a, maybe a little bit of a bloodbath like um uh, i get it if one if one person gets corona then you know they can shaft that person for two weeks yeah you know they have the protocol they they've done the research like i said they have more information than i do right 
But, you know, shit happens. <laughs> and it's not just, um, and it's not just the uh, NBA players and personnel. There's people working at Disneyland. There's the, you know, there's the amenities that they're giving the players. You know, the barbers and stuff like that. Do they get to go home? Um, probably, yeah. You know, the hotel staff, they get to go home. What's going to happen to them? Will they, you know, just when they're doing bed sheets, will there be some corona on that? You know what I mean? It's so easy to get it in this fashion. And they're trying so hard to do it. And I, while I respect them doing it, I can't, I can't, you, you can't possibly fall asleep to the fact that they're just doing this because of money. If money wasn't an object, they wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't be risking their lives for it. And I and I finish with, you know, what I said again. What are the long-term effects of getting corona? You know, as, as an athlete. You know, as a normal person, it doesn't matter. Like, in some fashion. But obviously, as an athlete, their bodies are their are their weapons, are their tools, basically. Their, their, their bodies are the reason why they're there, so to speak, right? Um, they're the vehicle. If, I don't know, um, their lungs get damaged... They, their stamina drops. That's a long-term effect of corona. If that is that a long-term effect, of corona? I don't want to don't want to say it like it's fact, right? But I don't know, don't know the research. But maybe that if if that's something, then that's gonna be the, to the detriment of any player that goes into the bubble. I personally wouldn't, if I was a player, um, just because um, you know. Most of them have enough money. Let's, uh, let's be real, and uh, I I value health over money. That's just how I that's just how I am as a person. Um, but they also y- you can also make this a positive thing. Um, you can f- say to the fact that they can still do their um, due due diligence on the um, on the more than an athlete kind of a platform that they're creating for themselves and, you know, have, have, uh, I don't know, Black Lives Matter on the court like uh, the WNBA is doing, uh, you can, uh, or Black Lives Matter on their kit like uh, the, they do in the Premier League, you can do these things, for sure you can do these things, um, but I see this purely from a health perspective and I just, I just wonder, um, what will it take for the, to to this to be considered as a failure, because I don't want them to fail. By all me, by any means, I don't want them to fail. Right? I don't want them to fail, but I can't help but think about it. You can't help but think about it in that case. Like it's just is what it is. You know, it's just horrible to think about. Um, so it's gonna come back, and uh, it's gonna happen. Um. I don't know how well it's going to go. Um, and another positive, the play might be extremely high level considering, you know, there's going to be may- plenty of players that are coming back from injury. Um, teams are going to be much more hungry. Um, and, you know, so nothing to lose kind of uh, uh, m- mindset. In that fashion, the play might be great. But I always wonder, what will it take? Um, for it to just for them to just go I this ain't going well <laughs> we have to call it off and the last topic of 
this particular episode um, is uh, just a general life. Um, it recently was announced that uh, English pubs, restaurants, uh, hairdressers and etc and all that kind of stuff will be um, allowed to open July 4th. As I record, it's, it's June 24th, and um, I am in the same place I was two months ago. Um, I don't, I personally don't feel like, excuse me, this shit should be going down. I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being, you know, just that's just me on that front. Um, if anyone invites me to a restaurant or an English or a pub. Well, firstly, fuck Weatherspoons. Um, just off rip. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not getting a head. I'm not getting my hair cut. I'm I can't I can't do it. I can't risk it. I don't want to risk it. And you know, I was thinking of this today. Yeah, you know, before I was doing this show, I was just like, am I being paranoid? When when does this when does this uh, mindset of mine um, get into the realm of paranoia? You know. Um, I have been I've been thinking about that recently, uh, of just like, and this is the thing I'm kind of privileged in the fact that I don't have to work in a I don't have to commute to London I don't have to take the tube to work you know stuff like that, um, you know I just sit in this chair <laughs> you know what I mean I'm safe right all the time, um, am I being a low key what's the word glorophobe? For this, uh, you know, am I being paranoid, maybe? I don't know. But then I think, who's telling this uh, to us? Oh, yes, our Prime Minister, who is um, a complete dumbass. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not paranoid. I'm not paranoid, right? If these scientists, which they are still, still warning us about Corona, if they are worried, then I am worried too. I don't give a fuck about what Boris Johnson says. I know why he's opening everything up. It's the same with the NBA. Because economy. Alright? This is what it is. It is what it is. They want us to go out and spend money. Last week, it was shops. Fuckers lining up outside Primarni, H&M, and Sports Direct. Okay? I'm not about that life. I'm not a fucking idiot. And I'm sorry, you are a fucking idiot if you do that. I'm sorry, you are. Like, you are. You are. You know, you do know you can online shop, right? That does exist, right? Online... There's, there's online... There's, there's online shopping... There's online... Uh, uh, yeah, I've got... I've just got a fact check uh, from my head. Um, online shopping hasn't uh, gone away. So why are you lining up? Why? 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 I get it if you're waiting for a train going to work. Oh, oh, good. Get your peas in. You know, do get your work. You, know, you, you have to, you have to do that. I get it. But to go get a T-shirt, to go buy a pair of new shoes, go fuck yourself. Please, 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 please go fuck yourself. Please, please, please have a thought about going fucking yourself. Please have a thought about that. Because the only person that is making these moves, and is authorizing these moves. Is a notoriously idiotic uh, prime minister, and you think I'm going to listen to him? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no chance in a fucking hell. I ain't going to no restaurants, bro. I ain't going to no pubs. I ain't getting my trim. I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry, boss man. I'm. I'm. I can't come. 
Uh, he, he doesn't. He ain't listening. But I'm sorry, boss man. I ain't coming. <laughs> it's not happening. Miss sorry. It ain't happening. I'm sorry. It ain't, it ain't happening, right? Um, and there's other there's other things like uh, the announcer was just like, um, I think uh, Jonathan Pye, the comedian, um, uh, said, uh, uh, "What was it? So so you so you can't hug your nan, uh, but you, but you can go on a roller coaster ride with her." Like what? What? Do <laughs> you see what's happening here? Like you can't do the personal shit because they know that Corona still exists and that one meter plus bollocks. What the fuck is one meter plus? Just say, just keep up the two meter shit. Why do the fuck one meter plus has to do with anything? What has has sneezing has sneezing um uh travel gone down? Like what the fuck? Where's the research in that? Stupid rhetoric. Anyway, but that's the point. Like, so you're telling me that I can go on a roller coaster, but I can't go hug Nan. Like, what? 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 I hope you guys understand what's going on here. And you know, you're free. You you. It's a free country. You can go to Sports Direct if you want. I'ma still mock you for it. <laughs> Believe that. I'm going to still mock you for it. But by all means, go do you. Go do you. Go to a restaurant if you want to go to a restaurant. I get it. If you want to live your life, go live your life. Uh, but I ain't listening to this dude. I can't. I can't. There is so much bollocks that has come out of this dude in the past 10, 10 or so years. Well, in, a, in his whole fucking lifetime, let's be real, right? The amount of bollocks that has come out of this dude's mouth. And you expect me to listen to him on a global pandemic, fuck out of here, fuck out of here, alright, so, you know, this is the thing, and I'll leave it on this, and I said, and I think I, I mentally said this, and I probably said to a few friends, like, in terms of, uh, you know, just where the news was at the moment, at that point, you know, when they were announcing the, the framework for, um, you know, easing from quarantine and from uh, lockdown, I said to them, I, I said to myself and I said to a few friends, I said, they are basically saying you're on your own. You make your own decisions on this stuff. And there have been stuff that has happened in the past few months that have been for good causes, such as the protests. I personally support that. I personally went to one. I support all of that. In the risk of getting corona, for the long-term benefit of those protests, and and, te- and giving people the word that black people keep dying, and that other ethnicities keep getting shot on. We just did it in fucking the first segment, right? Just did that, right? Just talked about that. You have to get the word out in that fashion. And the protests for me have been positive. Now you can conversate with me if you want. To complain about him. Go for it. I'm all ears. But that's the stuff I I I allow the risk to take. Because it collectively. It's all our decision to do that. Right. If there's a protest on it's your decision. If you want to if you want to go or not. If you can go or not. Depending if you're uh, immunosuppressed. Right. 
but I ain't going to H&M. I'm sorry. I ain't going to Sports Direct. I ain't going to the restaurant. I ain't going to a Weatherspoons. And on the Weatherspoons part, it's because, um, you know, just um, Tim Martin's a dick to his people, um, to his uh, to his workers. That's why I'm boycotting, and that's why you should as well, personally. That has nothing to do with Corona, but still. With that said, I ain't going to a pub. I ain't going to a Weatherspoons. Alright. It's all on you. It's all your decision. Do what you feel. Me? I'm staying put. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Heaven Podcast Network, I've been Chai Terran. This has been what's good. Intro music has been Too Much by Vanilla. I've missed that song. Interlude music has been Vista by Poldor. You can listen to all their uh, tunes uh, via the Bandcamp links in the description below. Thanks to Joe Records for the ability to use these songs. You can also find their Bandcamp uh, and all their discography uh, via the links in the full show notes below. And on that note, have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's good to be back. Uh, let me know if I've, my performance was shit. <laughs> have a good week. I'll always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.